Monday night, 9pm, East FM, 88.1, 107.1, here on the Occam's Razor Show. Jim Birchall here as I am every week. Sam Collier from Haunted Auckland has uh, joined us for episode 30. And if I've done all my technology correct, I will also have Craig Shearer on the line. Can you hear me, Craig? I can. How are you doing? Excellent, mate. Crystal clear. That's what we like. We've we've been having a few dramas with uh, some of our overseas podcasts recently, um, as you can imagine. With um, you know, with COVID, people are um, you know hugging their iPads at the moment and using of a lot course. of data and so forth. <laughs> so indeed, uh, indeed. has been difficult. So it's good to hear someone crystal clear, mate. So thanks for coming on, Craig. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no worries. Now, Craig, you. Um, Okay, you're involved with the NZ Skeptics, which uh, is a society born out of the old Skeptical Society, or, or one with a much longer acronym. Is that correct? Yeah, back in the day, um, I think we started out as the New Zealand Committee for Skeptical Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal, something like that. Okay. Anyway, yep. Um, and we sort of quickly morphed into the New Zealand Skeptics, which is a sort of a, a, a more more accurate title, I guess. Yeah, excellent. Um, no, and you're you're kind of the go-to person with the media because when, when I was actually doing a bit of research um, for the show, obviously I, I googled around the place, and your name popped up in the past. I think Vicky Hyde had been the spokesperson, and she, but she seems to have taken the back seat. You're the you're the guy to go-to guy if, if someone in the news is. Uh, you know, go to UFO yeah, well, or something. We, we have various people who can talk, but uh, yeah, yep. Vicky Vicky was. Um, Chair, chair entity of the society for, for many years and um, she did a fantastic job especially sort of speaking to TV and radio about sceptical issues but uh, you know yep. she's she's pretty much retired now. Oh, fair play. Oh good yeah. on it. Now so we've, we've got you on the show because uh, this is episode 30 and um, when, when I started the show probably about three years ago now my upboard hasn't been all that great Craig as you can, as you can probably tell <laughs> 30 episodes in three years um, one of our first ever episodes, I think it actually was the first, uh, was based on psychics or the, um, uh, the you know, information around psychics. You know, people, they seem to be something that people either believe in or think is absolute rubbish. And I'm, I'm yeah. assuming you're coming from more the absolute rubbish angle. I have done a little bit of research um, and you've... Uh, you had a conference with the NZ Skeptic Society and you invited um, well-known psychic Sue Nicholson <laughs> to be your guest speaker. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, she she showed up and was a guest speaker at the conference we had yep. in Wellington. I think it was maybe five or six years ago now. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting experience. Um, I'd actually encountered her previously. Um, I do a bit of uh, technical theatre work, and so I actually sure. did sound for a show that uh, that she did at one of our local theatres, and um, she did one of her um, sort of psychic reading shows where she have all these people in the audience and people are um, invited to uh, connect with their their relatives who passed over and uh, yep. that was sort of my first exposure to her there and uh, I wasn't particularly impressed. Um, I, 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 and, sorry, and, she, and Yeah, so she showed up at our conference 
uh, and I was even less impressed. Yeah. Um, and really, she, actually, at the at the conference, she she wasn't performing. She was sort of coming along to sort of talk about what she did and perhaps try and justify herself to uh, a room full of skeptics. Sure. Um, tough, she did not come crowd. out of that very well. Uh, no. What I remember. Well, um, well, at least you read the room, you could say, Greg. Um, <laughs> of, uh, well, in- interestingly, even though we had encountered each other before, she did not remember me. Oh, is that right? Um, yeah, and I, and I would have thought that uh, somebody who was psychic would have at least had those sorts of intuitive powers to uh, recall me, especially being a sceptic who was uh, obviously um, maybe putting out some negative vibes around what the sorts of things that she was claiming. Yeah, of course. Sam, just going to bring Sam on the conversation, Craig. Where do you sit uh, in the psychic realm in terms of your belief? Um, well, I, I've met Sue as well. Yeah, you have? Okay. I have, yeah. Yep. Um, I sit exactly the same with with uh, her in particular. Yep. Um, yeah, n- high percentage, I'd say, uh, uh, are not the real deal. Yep. Um, you mean of psychics or of, of, psych- of her of, predictions? Of, of, of psychics or her predictions. Yep. Um, or any psychics' predictions. But, um, yeah, I have had one instance where I've had someone, a complete stranger, come up to me and tell me details that they shouldn't have known. Yeah. Um, and I can't explain that. Yeah. Um, and they were family secrets. Okay. That. And had, was, had you asked them for that information or they no, just come up and No, just, ma- just made a beeline and said, yep. you know, I've got to tell you this. Okay. It's information that I, that I already knew, but yep. it's information that they shouldn't have known. And, and, and it was information that was new to me as well as yep. within the week. Yeah. In terms of uh, psychics, as I said, we kind of started this series off, Craig, um, with an episode on psychics. Um, we ran through the basic techniques of cold reading and hot reading and that sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, is that, um, you know, is that where you place these sort of, this phenomena? You know, are you thinking it's that or do you think these people are just straight out charlatans or do you think they're believing what they're, they're saying to you or believing what they're telling people? I think it's impossible to tell. Yeah. Um, whether anybody is a charlatan or, or a true believer, I my feeling on it would be that I think most of these people um, have believe their own abilities. Yeah, they they get positive feedback from their um, clients, uh, and and that sort of feeds into their confidence in their abilities, I suppose. Um, yeah, I saw, you, I saw you coined a, well, I don't know if you coined it, but I, I noticed you used the term grief vampires. Yeah, no, that, that's not my term. That, no, that's, okay. um, that's actually was invented by um, a woman called Susan Gerbeck, who uh, we had at our conference last year. Uh, she's, she does a lot of work in the States um, investigating psychics. Yep. And she did a, she and um, a team of hers um, put together essentially a sting operation um, last year and they essentially caught out um, the guy, Thomas John, who does the seatbelt psychic show. I, um, basically caught I do, him yeah, in a I'm hot read. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so... He gets fed the, a lot of info from, from people um, messaging into him and stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. they they base they basically proved that he was actually looking people up on Facebook. He or he or one of his team members was looking people up on Facebook and feeding information to him. And the way they proved that was really interesting in that they sort of they had this team of people around the world set up um, Facebook accounts and 
sort of putting information on Facebook that Susan wasn't even aware of. And then she and her partner went along to one of these meetings. They paid for VIP tickets. Um, and he, Thomas John, started asking them about um, things that they had no idea about but had been posted on Facebook about them. Um, so the, the only way that he could have actually done that was by actually doing this um looking them up online before they showed up. And, of course, they had bought VIP tickets, and so he knew who was showing up to the to his um, readings and so on. So, How many people would have, sorry, how many people would have um, purchased VIP tickets? Because it seems like a lot of rigmarole, isn't it, if there's sort of, you know, a bunch of people have purchased them? Yeah, um, I, I get the feeling it was kind of like a fairly small... Um, space that they were doing this in and so yeah. maybe they might have had a theater with sort of 50 or 60 people in but they put the put the vip tickets in the front rows so maybe there might have been a dozen people or something and and so that's sort of a fairly fairly small number of people that he can sort of concentrate on um and, and the interesting thing we see about these kinds of performances too is that um if you show up to it as a as a member of the audience you're kind of led to believe that there that the psychic is making all these fantastic um, predictions about people in the audience, but actually half the audience are quite often people who've actually been along to their shows before, and mm-hmm. so so the psychics are actually getting to know them and um, and and using that uh, information they've gained in the past in order to well, make it feel yeah. like it's more real. I mean that would that is pretty vampirific, isn't it? If, if um, oh indeed, you know, and, and so yeah, so Susan's term about grief vampires <laughs> really comes up from the fact that that the the psychics really are preying upon the um, the tragedy that has befallen people losing a loved one um, and actually sort of using that to make money out of them essentially and and gain fame and and mm, so on. Mm. One guy that's always annoyed me is John Edward. Yeah, you're aware <laughs> of him, Sam. No, John Edward. He's a. He used to be on. I'm not sure if his show's still on, Craig. But he, um, he basically is a TV psycho. He's Canadian, isn't he? And he, he gets up there, and, and he's not even very good. That's the disturbing part to me. Like he gets up there, and uh, his yeah. reading technique. He, he'll say things like, "There's an older male figure with grey hair who who died after clutching his chest." Yeah, and, you uh, know, uh, and ten uh, people uh, stand up and say, "You know, that's my grandfather," or whatever. Sorry, he's playing the odds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and of course you've got to realise that any of those shows that you see on TV, they're edited to grab the best bits of his performance. Yeah, (laughs) and if you actually showed up and were in the audience, um, I think you'd come away with a very different impression of the sort of um, powers that these people actually have. So, Sam, how are these people? How are people getting sucked in in this in 2020? How are people believing in spiritualism and and mind reading and clairvoyance and things like that? I think it's a wanting to believe um, yep. there, and um, as we're saying that there is a level of exploitation to it as well, and yep. it, is, it is preying on the the vulnerable. Yep. Um, you go to any, um, uh, I guess, public uh, psychic in the public eye. Yep. And you go on their Facebook page. There is a real cult following, yep. and uh, people will defend them through and through. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, we de- we definitely see that. I, I, yeah, there are there are these cult members who are just yeah on the side of the psychic. I don't know whether they're family members or <laughs> team members or whatever. But it always seems um, to have a, it always seems to have a bit of a multi level marketing Amway feel to it, doesn't yeah. it? Or is that just me? Mm. <laughs> as I say, they are people that are already vulnerable, and yep. uh, they're probably easily led as well. Yep. So yep. they 
They will. And, and, and I think people are probably lacking in critical thinking skills and they, they don't have the the mental tools to actually figure out what's actually going on. So yeah. when, when, when a psychic gives you a reading, you tend to remember the things that are hits and you... you um, disregard things or you you form a story in your mind as to how something could actually fit mm. um and and sam, sam maybe that was maybe that was something that that could have happened with with what you're talking about how you had somebody say something to you that they couldn't possibly have known possibly maybe possible that you sort of put two and two together and, and came up with some sort of um means of putting that story and making it relevant yeah my only counteraction to that would be was that it was very specific mm. as in names and dates mm. and i okay yeah but some I mean, of these some of these people if they believe they have a genuine ability yeah perhaps they're just you know particularly inquisitive or have uh, i hasten to word use esp but they have some sort of sem- their perception of of um, you know, just everyday life is sort of a bit of side outside the box, isn't it? Yeah. And a bit different from everyone else's. So maybe, yeah, maybe I, they're perceiving things, you know, just power of deduction and things like that. Yeah, I, I think some of these people are particularly talented in terms of the, how they can read people and, and use their intuition to come up with um, things that, that you're not necessarily um, sort of saying out loud, but, but mm. you're indicating by your body language or you Things like that. So uh, I think that the the human mind is an amazing, amazing thing, and it just amazes my own mind. Not to, not to yeah. blow my own trumpet, but amazes me every day with the sort of things that that yep. just pop into my mind. That you think, how the hell did I do that? Uh, <laughs> where, where do you, Craig? Where do you sit on things like remote viewing and things that actually have some scientific basis in the sense that there have been experiments proper experiments with control groups and stuff conducted by like you know cia and 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 these sort of agent intelligence agencies and stuff and we hear all these stories about second world war and and the techniques nazis used in terms of their science and you know the occult and all that sort of carry on but do you think these skills can be developed we we hear all the time about humans only using x amount of their brain which i think the actual percentage is a bit a bit up for debate, isn't it? But do you think yeah. you know? Uh, well, these, these I, can be I think that's that, that is an urban myth that we only use a small percentage of our brain. Yeah, um, we r- really do use all of our brain. Um, so yeah, well, let's put that one to bed. Yeah, I, I I don't believe that there has been any reliable demonstration of any of these uh, remote viewing. Um, things that can't be explained as um, experimental experimental design error. Yep. Um, so that w- when when scientists do studies um, on these sorts of things, so it, it's certainly quite possible to introduce very subtle errors into the design of a study that mm. can sway or, or um, bias the results in a particular direction. Um, so one one of the things that is sort of really um, common among scientists at the moment is a thing called p-hacking, where you, in a study design, you do um, things that subtly bias the results of your experiment. So uh, things like where you are looking at the results of your experiment and you decide when to stop collecting results because you've seen, ah, I'm getting some success here, and what and then what is happening is that it's pushing the um, results over that 
sort of arbitrary uh, 0.05 p-value, and you can then claim that you have a statistically significant result come out of your experiment. So that's that's very, so very common. So you mean like an unconscious kind of bias? You, they don't know they're actually applying this to their own experiments? or But what if, what if something's like peer-reviewed, you know, and it's been through 10, 10 sets of eyes have had a look over something? What happens then? Uh, well, it's, it's certainly possible that even things like that can can get through the peer review process. Um, but I don't want to come across as completely negative to this. Yeah. Our philosophy is that in order for you to um, entertain an idea and believe that it's true, you have to have really good evidence for it. Mm. Uh, and, and our approach here would be for this sort of remote viewing thing, which essentially sort of contradicts all the known laws of physics, you'd have to have really, really good um, evidence to actually show that this works. So we're not saying right out of the gate, no, this definitely can't possibly happen, but we're saying, okay, well, let's see what the best evidence is for this. And because the, 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 the gray, the gray area is a large one, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm. exactly. I see what you're saying. Um, what do you say to people that, you know, just say you're kind of spoil sports? <laughs> what happens then? Is that... Is that something you take to heart, or, or do you just does it come with the territory? I think a bit of both, really. It, it definitely yep. comes with the territory. Um, I, I think it's fun to think about these things. Um, and and back when I was a teenager, there, there were a ton of things that I um, believed were true, like um, ESP and all that sort of stuff. But yep. um, it sort of come to the conclusion over the years that actually, no, there isn't good evidence for those things. I, I, um, yeah, sorry, Kurt, I noticed you're an agnostic atheist. I was going to ask you <laughs> how we explain that one. Uh, okay, so the way most people design uh, define atheists is that they know for sure that God doesn't exist. Um, and, th and that really isn't, isn't the technical definition of an atheist. No. So... There's, there's there's two sides of the coin there. There's You can be a theist, which means that you believe um, you believe in God, or you can be an atheist, which means you don't believe in God. But then there's the, the other axis is um, Gnosticism and agnosticism. And so Gnosticism talks about knowledge. So you can be a, a Gnostic theist, so you can claim to absolutely know that God exists yep. and, and therefore believe in him. Or you could be an agnostic theist saying, I believe in God, but I'm not, I can't be, I don't know for sure that he exists. Yep. So, so my perspective is that I'm an agnostic atheist in that I don't know for sure that God doesn't exist, but I don't believe that God exists. Okay. Uh, so th there's that sort of subtlety there that is sort of, more nuanced than just saying, I definitely don't believe in God, and therefore I believe that He doesn't exist. Mm. And what what evidence would you require to change your mind? Is He going to have to knock on your door and, and say, "Can I come in for dinner and and tell you the meaning of life"? That's a really interesting question because I don't think there's anything that um, that God could could do that would necessarily prove that he was an all-powerful being yeah. that, that couldn't be simulated by some other means. So um, I could have a, a, an extraterrestrial turn up on my door and do things that would make me think that 
um, <laughs> that this that the god exists, but I couldn't be absolutely certain that that they're actually god and not an extraterrestrial. And that perhaps the point would be moot at that <laughs> that point. Mm. But um, something that would mean though that something that was paranormal to us. Let's just hypothetically say the aliens, you know, doing something outside the accepted realms of physics and stuff like that. Um, if they did that, are you in a position to say, well, you've shown me something here or are you still going to require some, some proof to actually deduce what's really going on? You know, they is it a display of their knowledge or are they, you know, just going along for the ride? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Mm. Um, I mean, to me, I think there are, there are a ton of really interesting things that God could do, yeah. which would... Which would Make me sit up and take notice. Yeah. Um, so that if 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 God were to arrange the stars in a in a pattern in the sky that spelled out, um, "Hey Craig, um, I'm God. I exist. Take notice of me." Yeah. <laughs> that would be kind of a an amazing thing to see. And yeah. um, I I think I would find it find it hard to doubt. Uh, doubt it under those circumstances I, I think though that that when you talk to people about what god means to them and the sort of traditional um, judeo-christian uh, interpretation of god you kind of see that there are actually a whole lot of sort of contradictory properties of god which have sort of been explained by philosophy for for thousands of years um, yep. there's there's i mean there's some fairly standard sort of arguments against <laughs> against the idea that god can be omnipotent and omni benevolent and and so on and and actually form a coherent um idea that that could actually exist yeah, I mean, think then you start talking about the wrath of God and your cyclones and and you know your storm surges and all this sort of mm -hmm. carry on and um, I suppose in absence yeah, absence yeah. of an explanation, people turn to the Almighty, don't they? Yeah, I think I think that's human nature um, that we want to um, explain things that have happened in the world when in fact they might well just be bad luck or. Um, the forces of nature mm. we want to we want to think that something or somebody is in control even when things happen randomly mm. um so until by intelligent design you know in, in some way or the other i mean i've always been fascinated by the expression sam I don't, I don't know if you have as well um when people say i think it's it's a bit like going to a psychic it's something people say to comfort others they'll say everything happens for a reason now, and and I can hear Craig laughing, but it's, you know, the fact that something is predetermined or your whole life is predetermined is a bit outlandish for me and I host a paranormal radio show. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? But where, where do you sit on that um, in terms of, well, just that? Uh, well, I, I think it it's all depends on, you know, uh, I, I believe it. Everything yep. happens for a reason. you you got to yep. have... You gotta have reason to get up in the morning, a little bit of purpose. Yeah. So whether it's real or not, you know, yep. a little little bit of faith. But in, it is in a something. Doc, it is a do doctrine that you you follow. Just do you it, follow it just because, uh, um, you know, it's it's puts you in a good mood. You know, it takes you away from worrying about things. Or yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, that's uh, what people tend to do with psychics, don't they? They go because they, they want that comfort. You know, they do. But I mean, you know, saying everything happens for a reason. That kind of um, takes the control out of it doesn't it yep you know yep. it's like well this happened i've got to move on yep 
It's yeah, it's, it's it's almost as if it's kind of like so it's preordained, and mm. that the implication there is that well, what can you do to change it if if this is what's meant to have happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I as I said, I don't really subscribe to that. I mean, it's not my thing. Just because I've seen so many things that I'm just like, how could that have happened for a reason? You know, when you see, you know children dying in africa and all this sort of carry on you know and then, and then it annoys me when people say it's part of god's plan or it's not part of god's plan they're they're a victim of circumstance regardless if you you believe in a supernatural entity or not you know yeah, they, they, they die because of the position you know, to take isn't it exactly and it's and it's almost um people keeping the issue at arm's length because they don't want to deal with it as well i think mm. there is an element of that um i'm always amazed craig with the amount of people see, I'm I'm believer in in um, extraterrestrial life, or at least the possibility of it, and that sort of thing. I'm amazed the amount of people that will believe in a. <laughs> if I'm being a bit facetious here, but an invisible man who lives in the sky, but don't believe in the possibility of visitation or life on on other planets. That's always fascinated mm. me. Is yeah. it just because we're just told one thing from birth? Or, you know, depends how you grow up, obviously, but you're always sort of directed towards the sky, aren't you? You're, you're, when you're growing up, you're, you hear people praying and, you know, you'll have to do it at school sometimes and this in churches and funerals and things like that, you know. It's, um, yeah, I don't think for me <laughs> yeah, it goes over I, right I, in my I, head. I think the, the idea of extraterrestrial life is absolutely fascinating and... Yep. I, I just don't believe that that they've got in ships and come to visit us, mm-hmm. um, primarily because of the just huge distances involved and the and the amount of amount of energy mm. um, involved. But in, where, where in do you sit? That. Yeah, I mean, where do you sit on recent developments though, in terms of um, when Bob Lazar has been talking about the element one one five that propels spacecraft through, you know, through. Wormholes and maybe they've mastered wormhole technology, and, and and they're just appearing, or the dimensional craft, interdimensional craft. What do you say with that? Well, what I'd say is, um, show us the evidence, Bob Lazar. Yeah, <laughs> he's. Um, I, I know the name. I'm not particularly familiar with uh, his his claims, but I but I do know. Um, I have heard of him and um, the pretty outlandish claims um, he's made in the past. Mm. Yeah. See that I have to say that Craig, I watched the documentary, most recent uh, documentary. It's got a bit of um, schmaltz to it, you know. Mickey Rourke sort of narrates the opening in this very strange, fringe monologue at the start. As of, Mickey Rourke does, yeah, at the start of the the thing. But the claims this guy makes, they just seem so accurate. I mean, I've I used to do investigative work and stuff like that as well, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty good at spotting lies. And he doesn't seem to be lying to me. So if he's not lying. Is this just one hell of a story he's made up, or what? Uh, well, and why? I, I'm not particularly familiar with him, okay. but but, but what I about people? Prob- what about people that do do that? What if they've got information? I mean, there's a lot of these shows on TV. I'm sure you're aware of them. You know, these mm. these paranormal, um, you know, chasing UFOs, chasing ghosts, this sort of thing. Yeah. When when you come across an eyewitness who seems completely rational to someone like me who's, who's interviewed people like that who've committed crimes and stuff in the past, um, can, seems completely rational. How do you discount their observations? Because 
you know, there's there's lots of things that you could say happened. You know, you saw a fireball in the sky or, you know, a reflection of squid boats or something. But what if this UFO has landed on this guy's lawn? He's got on board. He's had a great time. He's had a couple of sort of space beers with the aliens and so forth. <laughs> and sure. he just to me, he seems like he's, he's you know, being 100% truthful. Where do we go with that? I, I think... I think really that um, eyewitness testimony is actually not very, very powerful testimony. It, it is and, unreliable. And seeing, I'll give you that. It is unreliable. Yeah, it, it's very unreliable, um, and w we know from uh, neuroscience that people's memories are very malleable. Yeah, and and just recalling and retelling something. Uh, ha has an effect on the on the thing that you're actually remembering. So, um, your 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 brain is sort of embellishing the story all the time. Um, and and you mean yeah, it's make uh, it's making you believe yourself? Is that what you I said? think I yeah. think so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and in the case of somebody like Bob Bazaar, yeah. Um, I mean that's that's his that's his livelihood. So he's pretty strongly motivated in order to. Um, sort of say whatever it takes in order to keep the money rolling in uh, mm. for, for the videos he makes. Mm. Uh, um, what would convince you? Uh, what, if you well, couldn't ex explain away some something with your, you know, we're taking a scientific approach, obviously, and, and you're obviously a learned fellow, what would, what would convince you? You know, what actions would have to take place for you to be convinced of what you'd seen was 100% was genuine? You're talking about UFOs? Oh, you're anything. Okay, so a, a ghost sort of says boo to you as you're getting up in the night to, um, you know, get a drink of water or something like that. And you can't prove what, you know, and no one believes your story. You know you've seen it. Are you, yeah. you going to start but, to throw So from my yourself? perspective, what I would say though, yeah. is I don't know that I've seen it. Okay. I would say that w with some applying some critical thinking skills to it, I would say it's much more likely that in my sort of half-awake state in the middle of the night that uh, my brain sort of gave me some sort of hallucination where because we, we definitely know that um, when you dream at night, you're – essentially the reality checking of your brain is switched off. Yep. And that's why you have all these weird dreams and stuff. And, and we know that that um, sort of breaks out into half-awake states and so on. I, I know that I've woken up in the middle of the night and talked to my wife and, and said some really weird things and mm. I'm popped a out of bed. And yep. <laughs> yep. I know you mean. Um, yeah. Sam, conversely, I'm going to go to the other side here. Yep. Um, when people say they've seen an apparition or a ghost or they've been touched or something like that, um, obviously I know that thinking critically you are quite evidence-based and you haven't had anything particularly yep. directly paranormal happen, happen with you. But how do you quantify it? If, if something like that did happen and you saw something that you didn't necessarily set out to see, the whole thing was a surprise, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you didn't see it while you were out investigating ghosts. You saw you saw a ghost while you were walking to the dairy or something. Do you know what I mean? Yep. How would you quantify that in your own mind? Would you straight away just look what what the hell was that as Craig would, or would you take it on the chin and, and put it down as a real experience? Um, my first reaction would be, "Damn, I wish I had my camera going." <laughs> okay. Yeah, which just, seems that's just me. Which uh, is convenient. That that yeah. happens a lot, doesn't yeah. it, Craig? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's the really interesting thing. I mean, the, we've seen the explosion of camera technology over the past 10, 20 years, mm. and we still don't have any great photos of UFOs or ghosts. 
They're all blurry. Yeah, I, I will give you that, but Sam's about to counter that. Here we go. Sure. Go for it. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had a look on, you know. Yeah, well, I think if, if a ghost, I mean, that that would be anecdotal to me, wouldn't it? If, mm. I, saw, if I saw a ghost down, walking to, to the dairy, saw a ghost from here mm. in front of me, um, to me it wouldn't matter whether anyone else believed me. I know I'd believe it for myself, and that would fuel... Um, my investigation further mm. that that would w- be what drives me to go and and carry on looking um and then better prepare myself for for another time but i think um that that's why at haunted auckland we try and stay grounded as well we try and eliminate as many false positives as, as possible yeah um you know we try and set up cameras to keep ourselves honest um you know we we try and eliminate exterior noises and, and, and all sorts of things, you know. Mm. Um, and we, we put everything to a um, closed group and we talk between ourselves um, just to analyse what we may or may not have found. Um, mm. Usually we can debunk a lot. Mm. Um, we're not the type of group that's going to jump to conclusions. Just interesting you mention group, though. What about, um, I'll come back to you, Craig, in a minute, but I'll speak with um, Sam. In terms of shared experiences, um, have you had anyone, in, you know, two or, or multiple people that have witnessed the same thing? And if so, you're nodding your head. You haven't? You have? A bit, a bit <laughs> Otherwise, my story's going nowhere. Um, but, you know, if three people say the same thing, how, how does that just get, get chucked out, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, my personal experience, uh, myself and my wife have experienced mm. um, uh, a paranormal um, experience at night when um, she started talking to an entity which she was afraid to look at, but I saw it with my own eyes. And um, Was this the glowing red eye one? Not the glowing red eye, no. it was a, it was a glow, glowing white light. Glowing white light. Yeah, in the middle of the night. Standing at the end of our bed, mm. and um, yeah, it came right up to us, and it was it was quite a bizarre feeling. It was not; it was the opposite of of feeling frightened. Um, you know, uh, if I was a religious, I'd probably say it was more of a religious experience, but I, I'm not going to say that. Mm. But um, yeah, it was very bizarre that we both experienced the same thing, mm. so, but but in and, slight, and, slightly and, different ways. Mm. So, did you? We so you both experienced the same thing. Is that something you reflected on in the morning, or is it something that you? Yes, it was something were there re- in the moment. That yeah, yeah. No, we reflected on it in the morning. Um, so you didn't you didn't share your observations with each other at the time. No. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I thought she was she was dreaming. What you know, being yeah half asleep. Yeah. Um, but she was talking and she was describing what. I was seeing out loud, yep. which made it even more bizarre. Yeah. But um, do you think, though, um, I'm just playing devil's advocate a little bit, but do you think that uh, being married to someone, um, you start to adopt a lot of their trains of thought and habits? And, you know, you talk about finishing yeah. each other's sentences and things well, like we, that. Yeah. We, we weren't married at the time. Yeah. Um, that it happened. <laughs> <laughs> so it's right. only just like we're, the we're, only, we're only new. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I can accept that, but yeah, um, yeah it's. Uh, I I personally believe that the paranormal experience is very rare. Yeah. Um, and for me, I don't know whether I'd hold on to it if I didn't think there was something in it. You mm-hmm. know that that particular experience. Mm-hmm. 
Craig, so, any members? So, sorry, any members of um, NZ Skeptics um, that have had paranormal experience or what they perceived to in the past, and that experiment uh, experience led them to uh, becoming involved, sort of as a way to answer what they'd seen. Has that ever happened? Um, not that I'm aware of. No. I think probably the people who tend to belong to us tend to sort of have a sort of fairly scientific mindset. Yeah, of course. Um, so just reflecting on your experience, Sam, I I mean, there's nothing that I could say that would convince you that it wasn't real. Um, and just as, just as there's probably nothing that you could really tell me that would absolutely convince me that it happened. Um, and so we're, we're not we're not out to to poo-poo anybody's stories, but we would really try and um, encourage people to think critically about them and, and maybe come up with uh, explanations that weren't paranormal for how something could be explained. Yeah, I think that that's that's very fair. I think, and um, I think we're we're sort of on the same page, but probably just on opposite sides of the fence. Sure. Um, sure. You know, we, we always try and find the logical explanation first, especially um, when heading into investigations where families and that are involved. I'm talking about private investigations. We yeah. we would rather find a logical explanation than than um, say, oh, we don't know. We definitely think your house is haunted. That that could um, actually potentially frighten somebody. Or, or yeah, def- or definitely. Do- and and um, it sounds like you're taking a much more responsible epi- um, sort of yeah. attitude to these things than you would say typically see on some of these ghost hunting shows. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I but think those I are think, all entertainment. Yeah, I think to be fair, they they do have disclaimers. You know, somewhere in the fine print that it's entertainment and so forth. But. Um, they're good fun, though, aren't they, Craig? You know, if you're into that sort of thing, if you're into scary movies and and watching shows about well, like, throwing I, stones I mean, in the dark. I personally, I personally love watching horror movies. Yeah. Um, but I just don't believe there's any actual basis in reality for them. So, sure. Yeah, if, if, that's what, if that's what floats your boat and what entertains you, then, yeah, probably well. But just don't, I, I would say, just don't, don't take it to heart and believe that this actually reflects reality. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I was very interested in the action the group took, uh, uh, NZ Skeptics took, in terms of there was a tour by a spiritual healer last year, wasn't there? I remember yeah. reading an article about it. Um, obviously, you're, you're more versed in it than I am. You guys took a the approach that you actually wanted the tour by this by this healer shut down. Um, you mentioned you know fake medicine and, and people taking supplements that you know were going to make them grow an extra leg and that sort of stuff was that was that the basis for your whole objection or had you dealt with this person in the past before we had dealt with the person in the past before yeah um so i won't mention i won't mention her name um because i um but we had sent somebody along to one of her shows because she was just making some completely outlandish claims um, and so, in, so in terms of healing, of you mean, or so, sorry, in terms of being able to heal people, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, w- the person we sent along actually witnessed the sort of people that show up to her shows, yep. and there were a lot of people there who were seemed to be pretty vulnerable, yeah. And that to us is sort of really crossing a line in yep. that she's preying on people who. Um, don't sort of deserve that sort of treatment. Um, 
and yeah, it was pretty pretty disgusting, really. Were these and, pe- were these people with a terminal illness or chronic chronic illness or something like that, or or relatives uh, of? It seemed it seemed that there were certainly some people with who were sort of unstable mentally. Yep. Um, and then there's the the people who've obviously lost loved ones who are going along with the expectation of um, having contacts with with people on the other side. And then there were and then there were uh, people who are going along with sort of chronic illnesses or whatever, expecting her to um, perform some sort of a healing. Mm. Um, and so she was claiming that she had a team of um, psychic surgeons um, who were able to somehow channel uh, their spirits through her and and, and affect her healing. Yeah. Um, and, and quite often these sorts of things... Um, they work very much on the placebo effect yep. um, and the expectation. So if you go along to something like that um, and somebody puts their hands on you and tells you you're going to feel better, then chances are you will feel better for for a while. I had uh, some experience uh, in the past with a colour healer. Have you ever been to one of those, Sam? <laughs> a colour healer? Okay. <laughs> That's a new one for me. Yeah, well, um, basically they, they had these sort of... Um, Kind of electrode um, metal metal dishes hooked up to electrodes, and they pick a colour. It's basically some um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Cotton. So different coloured cotton and so forth, and they put the cotton. They do a bit of dousing on your face. And I know Craig, that was my next thing. I know you're hot on dousing, aren't you? Especially at the local government level. Sure. Um, anyway, they do a bit of colour healing. They do a bit of dousing on your face, and they can kind of tell you ailment by the vibration or however it works. Um, and you sit there connected, basically to this uh, to this frequency, or it's a vibration frequency kind of thing that runs through this copper wire, or allegedly does. And the power of the colour cleans up all your bugs inside you. And people swear it works. They swear it works. I went there. Um, I used to. I had some heart issues when I was young, and I went there just, just for some some solace, really, because nothing else was really working until I had an operation. But um, there was people sitting there that um, you know, people from you know outside the the mainstream is probably a fair fair way to put it. But um, they believe what was happening. So I mean. Placebo effect is a real, you know, it is a real thing. Um, whether putting a piece of cotton in a, um, I think it's probably colloidal silver or something like that, yeah. wasn't it, in the little basin thing. Whether that gets rid of ailments, ailments I don't know. Um, but I suspect if you feel better and think something's working, then obviously your, your mind's pretty powerful, as we as we scratched earlier. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I think. Those sorts of things that respond to that sort of thing are things that are sort of non-specific. So you might have some back pain or something yep. like that, and it's been shown that um, those things are very, very subjective. And from one day to the next, even though nothing might have changed, you can feel very, very different. And so having these sorts of intervent, uh, uh, sort of ma- seemingly magical interventions, probably has a very, very strong placebo effect. Particularly if you're taking. Um you know, as a conduit with with um, pain medicine or something like that as well, right? Mm. So, if you co- sure. you know if you're sick, you're covering all your bases, aren't you? You'll have, you know, you'll have lemon and hot water, but you'll also probably have a something with pseudoephedrine or something in it. You know what I mean? And 
And who yeah. knows which one of these actually worked, you know, which one of these exactly. made you feel and, and, and so one of the things we also say is there's a thing called regression to the mean. Yep. So it, you go along to one of these places when you're feeling at your worst, well, chances are the next day you're actually going to be feeling better because you, you probably are. It's probably not going to be feeling worse. More likely you're going to be feeling better the next day. Mm. And so you'll it's kind of attribute your feeling better to the, the thing that you just did. Yeah, of course. Of course. You now after running the spiritual healer out of town, um, <laughs> I was actually thinking is Well, we didn't we didn't didn't know. quite do it. No, no. Um, although she she did a very interesting interview on Radio New Zealand. Okay. Um, and, and I'm sure you can find it in the archives, but um, it's quite uh, eye-opening to to listen to the claims she made. Uh, was was this was this post her performances that you tried to block, or was it before? Yeah. So so she um, she does performances in New Zealand and also performances in the UK. So okay. we had a. Um, a sister organisation in the UK who managed to actually shut down some of her performances over there by writing to the venues and explaining to them the sorts of um, shows she's doing and how exploitative they are. Mm. Um, But we did not have the same success here, possibly because she's sort of a native of, well, well, based here in New Zealand versus uh, in the UK. Okay. Um, One of my greatest life regrets, um, a year ago I was on a day trip in the UK where was I? Windsor Castle. So I was in the vicinity of Windsor Castle. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a little theatre there called The Majesty or something like that. Um, Derek Acora, do you remember him? Derek Acora, do you remember him? I don't think I've heard that. The late Derek Acora. I know he died recently actually. Um, That's why it's one of my greatest (laughs) regrets because he was playing that night. Now Derek was a um, a self-styled psychic medium, former footballer actually I think. Yeah. Um, a bit like David Icke, actually. Um, yeah, but he Derek, certainly looks similar to him. He did, actually, yeah. Um, now, Derek um, got caught out on Most Haunted a few years ago. They, the Karen O'Keefe, I think the, the parapsychologist on it is called, and he did a little trick, um, and he came up with the name of Creed Kafer, which which became a big performance that um, that Derek put on. He, he went into a trance and said he was possessed by Creed Kafer. Now, it turns out Creed Kafer was an anagram of Derek Faker. So <laughs> he um, he got basically outed, and he was all over the sun. You know, they loved it, and all the tabloids in, in yeah. Britain and so forth. Yeah. Um, and he was playing in, in the little theatre, actually, in Windsor, and I was about to go, and then um, I got sort of called away and said, oh, we don't have time to have dinner and do this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next thing I know, poor old Derek's died. So I really wanted to see him live and see what sort of mystical <laughs> skills he really did have. Yeah. I mean, even, even people who are exposed like that, mm. they still have their true believers who mm. will and continue to believe. And they press on, too. That's, you've, got a, you've got a bit of courage about them, too, if you just press on after you've been busted. I mean... That, that yeah. happened to Yuri Geller, didn't it? Um, remember yeah. they yep. found those wires in his hands or something like that? I think I can't quite there was remember. A, um, there was a guy by the name of Peter Popoff. Yep. Um, and he was he was basically a psychic, claiming to be a psychic. But he, this was back in the 70s. Yeah. And he had, he had a CB radio receiver in his ear and he had some of his um, people... Uh, feeding him information about that they gleaned off the off the slips of paper that people have filled out when they um, when they're in the lobby. Yeah. And um, so James Randi, who's uh, very very well known. Well, um, he, had, he had the one million dollar challenge, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, psychic yeah. debunker. Yeah. Um, sort of exposed him, and 
Peter Popoff went to jail for fraud. Really? Um, and is now out of jail and still doing the same thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> still got his true believers who believe he's the real deal. And Well, I suppose a lot of these characters um, have a lot of the same characteristics as con men and, and confidence tricksters and stuff like that, don't they? Yeah. Um, grifters yep. and that, that that kind of personality, I think, comes into it. And you know, if people are gullible enough to to believe it, um, hey, whatever. Mm. <laughs> They're still very clever people, and yep. I think that's that's a skill in its own right. That but is, uh, yep. they don't have these powers that they claim to have. No, um, especially with Derek Okora, he'd been caught out a number of times. He had I been. Think, it, yeah. it wasn't the first time, was it? Yeah. I don't, I don't know whether you've ever seen the, the, the Fanny Loves Dick video. Don't tell us that. No, oh, one of his most haunted ones. And um, he he uh, called upon a boy called Dick. Yeah. And uh, another lady called Fanny, of all things. And, and it was all, all about Fanny Loves Dick. Oh, <laughs> you gotta, yeah. you got to watch it. So Derek it's, oh, no, it's, got all smutty It's in Dick, though. It's in Dick, Yeah. I think those sorts of sting operations, though, can, can sort of turn the audience against the people who are who are doing the sting. They can. If you're a devotee, that, that can happen. I mean, as an example, in New Zealand, uh, for our international listeners, but we have a church here called Destiny Church, which is run by a charismatic um, leader. He's probably the... Brian. He's a bishop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. self-appointed bishop, um, Brian Tamaki. And he... Um, he welcomes into his flock. I'm trying to be as diplomatic as possible. But he welcomes into his flock the downtrodden, the confused, the um, people who probably don't know any better, and gets into part with sort of a third of what they make, which isn't much. But when you add it up amongst your uh, your flock, it comes to a few bucks. And he drives around town with you know in flash cars and his flash house and all this sort of carry on. Yeah, it's so, pretty cynical, isn't it? It is pretty cynical, but is it any really? Is it any different from the people that attend these these shows looking for answers? It mm. isn't. Well, I well, so. well. I I think though that the people who attend these sorts of psychic shows are doing it on an occasional basis, whereas yeah. he's got a a weekly um, <laughs> flock that he can fleece. Yeah, yeah, they got to pay up weekly too. Otherwise, all sorts of things would happen. Indeed, so, <laughs> that's right. Just as I oh, was sorry, I was just getting to um, we were talking about the spiritual healer and, and your opposition to that. What are, where do you sit with um, Asian medicines? Um, this obviously come to light recently with with COVID nineteen and people eating bats and and so forth. Where does the um, society sit in terms of um, you know is that do you consider that medicine fake? Do you consider it pseudoscience, um, or is it you know is an accepted part of sort of medical history now? You know, is is where do you sit with that? Well, I think I think it's unfortunate that there's this intertwining of uh, thinking that any criticism of say traditional Chinese medicine is a criticism of the Chinese culture. Yeah. So we we have to step very carefully around that. Yeah. But if you if you actually look into um, the mechanisms of some of these things, they um, things like acupuncture and so on, they claim to work on people's energy fields, things like that, which like really have no, no basis. Yeah, the yeah. chi um, have no basis in reality, mm. and any um, studies that have been done on, say, for example, acupuncture. It, it's they've actually done studies that have demonstrated that acupuncture just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, 
it, it doesn't you can have fake needles and not actually put them into the skin but make the patient think that they're going to the skin and and do all sorts of these weird experiments that basically mean that it doesn't matter where you stick the needles they basically have the same effect so but, it's all, but, all down to the placebo effect mm. and the unfortunate thing is that our accident compensation I've corporation seen, yeah, is actually paying money for people to have um Acupuncture. But isn't there similar derision over um, chiropractic as well? Wasn't um, now I've heard that the the whole the whole system of cracking backs for um, you know to make improvements is is probably not founded or not grounded in, in yep. the, the best science. You've, you've heard so, that theory before. So chiropractors um, s- seem to claim that that everything is related to the spine. Yep. This is a thing called subluxations, which are the cause of all illnesses and stuff. Yep. The thing with chiropractors is that you'll get some of them that are doing making these wild claims, and then there are others that are doing things that are very similar to what a physiotherapist would do. Yep. Um, so there's sort of that muddying of the waters there. Um, but, I, but I would say, well, don't go to a chiropractor, go to a physiotherapist, because at least they have the proper training and, and will actually um, do do proper evidence-based things. Mm. Uh, although, having said that, my, my wife went to a uh, physiotherapist once who was very keen on her getting acupuncture. Interesting. <laughs> so, I, I've actually, yeah, I've been, refer- well, I've had acu- acupuncture a couple of times. I don't know if you have, Sam, or... Uh, I've got a Shakti mat at home. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Mat. Do you lie on it or do you stand on it? Oh, no, I, I do I do all of it. But everything. Yeah. I've, I have tried I, it. I, yeah. I don't care even if it is a placebo effect, if it makes me feel better. Works all right. Yeah. Well, that's the main thing. Um, yeah. I mean, you go. some people go to osteopaths, which is kind of the softer version. They, they, don't, yeah. they don't destroy mm. your um, sort of spine as much as they as a chiropractor probably does. But I've heard that a lot of people think they're a bit airy-fairy as well. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, I think, yes, I, I don't know a lot about what osteopaths do, but I, yep. but I think they are certainly not necessarily completely grounded in um, medicine. Yep. But when you say medicine, do sceptics accept that Western medicine may not be the be-all and end-all of, of things? Obviously, we don't know everything yet. And we probably won't know everything for a long time. I, I think it's problematic when you try and characterise it as Western medicine. Yeah. Um, well, medicine that me, you and Sam would go to if we felt sick, you know? I think that the human body is incredibly complex and we certainly don't understand everything that goes on inside yep. ourselves. Yep. Um, but the... The evidence sort of shows that the the best way to discover what works is by studying things properly, uh, which is generally the basis of what our Western medicine, if you like, is based upon versus um, some of these other uh, modalities that don't have proper testing. Mm. Um, yeah. So I mean, we're not we're not we're not saying that um, herbal medicines can't work. They they are. They are drugs, after all, and so yeah. they will have some sort of effect. But quite often, the people who are promoting that sort of thing don't actually have a good understanding of exactly what the effects are. And mm. if you're taking herbal medicines, then um, you, you might well be having interactions with uh, proper medicines that your your doctor is putting on, which can. But it could be. We said obviously with the, the corona va- or the lack of a corona vaccine at the moment. I mean, mm. once that comes to 
you know, well, once we get to the point where that's freely available, is that, you know, we we sort of heading down the track where, um, you know, all the evidence, all the science, and, and the all the trials and so forth have been done, and where this is what we're left with, and we know it works because we've you know spent the past eighteen months working on it. What I'm getting at is, could there be? Uh, there's you know there's got to be substances in nature that do heal things what if there's a a magic you know cocoa bean that cures five types of cancer or something but we just don't know about it yet well that's what pharmaceutical companies are doing though mm. that, but do we trust um, pharmaceutical companies <laughs> is that a different kettle well, of fish so so i i would not say that um so pharmaceutical companies are lily white they, no. they definitely have have some problems um but but in general, the, the the way that they develop drugs and, and find out what works is the, the correct way to do things, to actually do the proper trials and figure out what does work. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the, I mean, there's obviously all this controversy about particular drugs that uh, when, they're, when they're studied again, perhaps don't have the, the effect that, that um, they thought they had. Um, I mean, pharmaceutical companies are out to make money. It's error, isn't it? <laughs> Um, and and they're definitely mm. looking for um, drugs that are going to um, give them revenue. Mm. Um, but but yeah, the the interesting thing about the the potential coronavirus vaccine is is will people take it? Um, there's certainly a lot of vaccine scepticism around. Yep. Um, which is not our kind of scepticism. <laughs> no, but if they if they don't take it, you know. The- obviously, it makes you. Sam's about to say something, but no, no, you're not. Agree. Okay. I'll just agree. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, if it cures everyone of coronavirus, then I'm all for it, you know. But it, at the same time, there could be all sorts of potions and lotions that we haven't tried yet, and do we really well, need well, to? Well, indeed, you know? but we, we need mm. to discover those things. And, and But what if, if people already have, Craig? You see, what if they have, but they lack, um, you know, they obviously lack the funding to conduct, you know, extensive trials and this sort of okay, stuff. Okay, so... so uh, what we would probably say is that if, if there is some evidence that these things have some sort of benefit... So anecdotal like, evidence, you mean? Yeah, anec- yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's a good place to say, okay, well, that's interesting, so we should study this further. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the, the, the living example at the moment is is Donald Trump promoting um, hydroxychloroquine, and, and yeah. look at how that's turned out. He's um, been touting that... And Dangerous for your heart and and um, have a bad outcome in that respect. So, Especially if you're a seventy year old man, it probably doesn't yeah, help too much, exactly. does it? Exactly. Uh, we yeah. could go on. All, we could go on all night, Craig. Thanks for coming on. Uh, it's tonight, been a pleasure. Fortunately, we're out of time. Uh, Sam, you enjoy that show that they got your uh, the fires burning in, in terms of your scepticism. Yeah, no, I think yeah. it's been very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And Craig wasn't the annoying sort of. Um, <laughs> You're sort of, as I said earlier, fun police um, sort of guy coming on the show that, that a lot of people would expect. No, like I said, I think you know we're we're both along the same lines of scepticism, and but yep. it's, the only difference yeah. is that I am on the believer side. Absolutely, yeah, indeed, indeed. good stuff. Nice Kate. to talk to you guys. Yeah, thank thanks you for much. coming on. We'll see you next time on Ockham's Razor. See ya, Sam. And that was episode 30 of Occam's Razor, live on East FM 88.1107.1. I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. We'll probably be back next Monday. I'll just have to uh, research a quality topic. You got anything for us, Sam, for next week? Uh, Not off the top of my head. I'm sure something will come It's a week away. It should be right. And thanks to all the new people that have actually started listening to the podcast. We've got... um, 
quite a, quite a number of new listeners uh, in the past. Well, I think it's probably something to do with lockdown. I think yep. um, the fact that we are also uh, playing through the podcast radio.co.uk, everyone's favourite podcast network. Um, so welcome if it's first time listening to the show. Um, there's plenty of other episodes. In fact, there's 29 more that you could listen to. So we'll leave you tonight and hit that Spotify subscribe button and new tracks should start coming out to you weekly. There was Occam's Razor live on East FM 88.1, 107.1, episode 30. We'll see you next time.